Well, here we are. Last time for us to talk to Vaughn Palmer before the big day. He joins us now. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. How are you today? I am, well, all right, I guess, given what's going on outside, right? Winter yeah. is coming. What's it well, like you over know, there? It's always sunny in Victoria. I we're all we... in our beachwear here. I knew you were going to say that. And unfortunately, we're stuck about 20 years in the past, but that's Victoria <laughs> for you. That's the, way, that's the charm of the place, Vaughn. That's yeah. the way it goes. Let's talk about this election. We know that a lot of people have already voted. 1.1 million votes already cast. So for those who are going to vote tomorrow, what, uh, what do you want to sum up about this campaign? A um, couple of things. Uh, I'll draw attention, first of all, to the case count. Uh, you know, when you and I talked about the election call, we were yeah. both skeptical that anybody would call an election in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, record-breaking number of cases yesterday, 274 of them. Uh, one-third of all of British Columbia's cases of COVID-19 are since the election was called. Now, if you say anything about this, you will hear New Democrats foam at the mouth about, well, this isn't because of the election. Let me say this. I think one of the reasons B.C. did a great job of managing the pandemic in the first wave in the spring was because all three of our political leaders spoke with a single voice, worked together, did joint town hall meetings, telling British Columbians to cool it, laying out what they needed to do. Our three political leaders have lost that focus because the premier called an election. So I think... One of the reasons we've lost control of the thing is because we're not getting the kind of political leadership we got in the spring. And that's my say on it. The election. Um, Well, where to start? Uh, I had a piece in the Sun yesterday saying, uh, yes, there have been, I've covered nine provincial elections. I have seen worse campaigns than the ones the Liberals ran this time, but... um, Not many that were this bad. I think the Liberals really went nowhere throughout the campaign. Look, uh, they were facing an uphill fight, Simi. The opinion polls showed uh, people thought the NDP had generally done a good job and deserved another term of government. The mood was not for a change of government, so the New Democrats capitalized on that. I don't think a win was there for the Liberals on any basis, but... (laughs) They did really badly. Their leader had too much baggage. Uh, They botched the launch of their platform and their promises. And, you know, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody out there that the Liberals are already talking about leadership change. Um, I thought the the candidate who did best in the campaign, uh, no question, Sonia Furstenau. Oh, yeah. Again, to think of the history of of the nine elections I've covered, you've got a leader here who was leader for an entire week when the election was called. Her partner in power sharing, uh, John Horgan, targeted Sonia Firstino in her own riding, went out of his way to try to squash the Greens and eliminate them from the electoral landscape. And Horgan had help from the former leader of the Greens. Oh, yeah. That that one had to hurt. You know, again, Simi, I can't think, and I've talked to colleagues about this, I can't think of the former leader of a political party ever doing this to his party. So, if Firstino survives this, (laughs) she deserves some kind of a medal. If she manages to save two or three green seats, uh, that will be impressive. 
Um, but you know what I did notice, though, about yep. this was that the Green Party did manage to pivot at different yeah. points during this campaign. And they were able to tailor their message to something that they felt was resonating or, you know, yep. felt was gaining traction. And that was something the B.C. Liberals were not able to do. Yeah, no, look, uh, as I said, um, Horgan's calculation that he would take a hit at the opening of the campaign, but that people were not going to switch to the Liberals was correct. And, you know, uh, to be Premier of British Columbia is tough enough even once to get yourself reelected. Um, you have to be ruthless. <laughs> and yeah. Oregon was. I mean, one of the most interesting things we got during the election was this us versus them messaging that they produced. The NDP produced a messaging for their own campaign workers, volunteers, and candidates. And every single thing they said was us versus them, them being the liberals. Right. So, again, the liberals should have seen this coming. Um, they ran a very bad campaign. Uh, one, of the, one of the best examples, Simi, is um, in the debate that you uh, hosted on CKNW, Right at the end, there was a question from a listener right. that said, and you read it out, and it was to Wilkinson, could you just admit that the liberals did some things wrong? Yeah. When they, he couldn't do it. I know. You know, he couldn't do it because he was there. He was president of the party in the 90s. He was a deputy minister in the Campbell government. He was a cabinet minister in the Clark government. And he couldn't bring himself to admit, hey, folks, like we lost power. We lost our majority because we screwed up on some things and we're going to do it differently. Couldn't do it. And you know what? I think so many people, uh, probably a lot of them BC Liberal voters in the past, were just waiting to hear that. Just tell us that you're different. And he wasn't able, he didn't even seem willing to admit that he was different. No, he couldn't do it. Uh, Another huge screw up was the PST. So this is the biggest tax break that anybody's ever promised anyone in this province. It's like $10 billion. And every economist, left, right, and center, agrees that the sales tax is regressive. Low and middle income people pay more of their share of their income in sales taxes than do people at the high end. And yet, the Liberals' launch was so bad that I bet you anything, the line most people remember about it is John Horgan saying, hey, if you want, you want to buy a yacht, I'm not your guy, right? Like, Uh, it, it it really is incredible to see a campaign this incompetent. So, look, unless the polls are all wrong, and Simi, you know, I, I still know. remember the column I wrote in 2013 <laughs> congratulating Adrian Dix on winning the election, and I had to vaporize it at the last minute. So, yes, they could all be wrong. And we don't know whether it's going to be, uh, even if you believe the polls, and generally I think they're correct because they all say the same thing, we don't know whether it's going to be a majority for the NDP or a super majority uh, for the NDP. The way they're campaigning at the moment in safe liberal seats, the New Democrats seem to think they're going to be a super majority, but uh, we'll see. Um, I think, by the way, and I know you're doing it live on election night. Yeah. Um, I think you'll know who won the election on election night. Yes. I think uh, the the win for the NDP will be clear enough on election night, but there probably will be a bunch of seats where the margin is so close, 500 votes less from the count on election night, 
that you'll have to, we collectively will have to wait for the ballots by mail to be sure who all is going to be an MLA. Um, And that may take, it'll take at least two weeks. It might take four weeks. Elections BC has warned us already that validating all those ballots could take three or four weeks. All right. We've got some busy times ahead this weekend. Thanks, Vaughn. We'll be talking to you on Monday. Bye-bye, Simi.